Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhina istafa. Khususan ala Sayyidi Rusuli wa Khatimil Anbiya wa ala alihi al-askiya wa ashabihi al-atqiya. Amma ba'd. In the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shares the stories of many prophets. These prophets were sent in different times to different people throughout the history of mankind. The challenges they faced were different, but their message was consistent. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran tells us their stories and He shares their message. The one constant theme that you find in all of their messages is the statement, Fattakullaha wa ati'un. That be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and obey me, your Prophet. Revelation comes to the Prophet. It is the responsibility of the people that once they accept the Prophet as their guide, that they then follow that Prophet with humility and to the best of their ability, as complete as possible. When you open the Qur'an, and you begin to read from the beginning of Surah Fatiha, and you enter into Surah Baqarah, one of the first commands that we find is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructing mankind to worship Him. Ya And as you read that ayah, وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ so you may be people of consciousness. Similarly, in the opening verses of Surah Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابِ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ هُدًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ That this Qur'an has guidance for people of consciousness. The Qur'an speaks of this taqwa in so many places, with so many benefits. The one ayah of the Qur'an that I read, and it really opens my heart and tells all of us the importance of this, this characteristic, this trait, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's statement, وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا That the one that is conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, alert and aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will create an exit point for them. Whatever their challenge is, there will be a light that will guide them because Taqwa is for you to refrain from engaging in sin. And when you refrain from engaging in sin, you attract a mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because avoiding that sin and avoiding that trap of shaitan requires strength and courage. It requires practice. It requires for you to be relentless and not giving up. And that sacrifice of the individual on the daily is so beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that in return, he gives this person divine guidance, tawfiq. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala charts the course for that individual and the ruh in their heart guides them to what is best, what they need, 
ومن يتق الله يجعل له مخرجا ويرزقه من حيث لا يحتسب and Allah provides him from a place where he can't even imagine ومن يتوكل على الله فهو حسبه and whoever relies on Allah Allah will suffice that individual because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always takes care of his own there is a narration that Ibn Kathir rahmatullahi alayhi narrates in his tafsir that I referred to yesterday regarding Umar radiallahu an asking another individual the explanation and definition to what taqwa is. And I explained that he gave the example of walking on a path where there are thorns and you lift your garment and walk carefully. Now this particular narration, Ibn Kathir rahmatullahi alayhi narrates it in his tafsir. And if you wondered why I kept the, the name vague of who he asked, let me explain today. Ibn Kathir rahmatullahi alayhi narrates this incident in his tafsir. And he says the person that Umar radiallahu an asked was actually Ubay ibn Ka'b radiallahu an. However, he provides no sanad or chain for this narration. Now we find a similar story in Imam Baghawi rahmatullahi alayhi's tafsir, where he says Umar radiallahu an asked the question, but instead of Ubay ibn Ka'b, he says it was Ka'b al-Ahbar that he asked the question to. The answer was similar in both, in both narrations. Again, Baghawi provides no sanad, no chain for this incident. He narrates a story. Imam Bayhaqi rahmatullahi alayhi then narrates this sanad, this narration with a sanad. But instead of Umar radiallahu an, he says, a person asked Abu Huraira radiallahu an. And this one actually has a chain with it. That a person asked Abu Huraira radiallahu an, what is taqwa? So then he explained that taqwa akhatta tariqan dhata shawkin, that you take a path that has thorns on it. So that person says, yes, I've done that before. I've taken a path that's a little dangerous. فَكَيْفَ sanat? So what did you do? How did you walk on that path? So he says that, إِذَا رَأَيْتُ الشَّوْكَ عَدَلْتُ عَنْهُ أَوْ جَاوَزْتُهُ أَوْ قَصَرْتُ عَنْهُ That when I saw the thorn, when I saw the trap, something that would harm me, I would turn away from it. Or I would jump over it. Or I would make sure that I was nowhere near, I was nowhere near it. So he said, ذَاكَ taqwa." That is taqwa. To be alert and aware as you walk down a tricky path. Because in that moment, you have to decide two things. Not only do you stop from stepping on the path that'll hurt you or the area of the path that'll hurt you, but you have to simultaneously step on the area or that part of the path that is safe for you. So you're making two things, you're doing two things at once. If you're driving on an icy road and you slam your brakes, anyone that has any experience with driving on ice will know that you will most likely crash your car. Because hitting the brakes on an icy road isn't enough. What you then need to do is steer accordingly. You need to steer the car. You can't just slam the brakes and, 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 and kind of freeze. You have to slowly hit your brakes and go with the ice until now you find yourself in a safe place and then you continue driving on, right? For those of you from the East Coast know what I'm talking about. Those of you from Chicago know how to drive on the ice. Unfortunately, Texas people have no idea how to do it, right? Uh, it's a skill that requires practice. It's, not, it's quite dangerous, actually. So the better thing is just to stay off the road during those days. And I think that's the lesson of life, that unless you have practice, you don't go to sticky places and put yourself in sticky situations because you will end up crashing. Ibn al-Mu'taz, the famous Abbasid poet, he's an interesting person, Ibn al-Mu'taz, because he is referred to as 
the 24-hour Khalifa. He, he became Khalifa and was ousted within 24 hours. And he wrote a poem. He says, Khalid Dhunuba, he was an Abbasid Khalifa, Abbasid period, okay? So he wrote a poem here, he said, Khalid Dhunuba Sagiraha wa Kabiraha Fahuwa Tuqa. Leave sins, the small and the major. Khalid Dhunuba Sagiraha wa Kabiraha Fahuwa Tuqa. Leave sins, the minor and the major, for it is taqwa, for it is consciousness. Kun fawqa, kun fawqa mashin, fawqa ardh shawki yahdhuru ma yara. That be like the one that is walking, who is walking on a land full of thorns, yahdhuru ma yara, who avoids what he sees. La tahqiranna sagiratan fa inna al-jibala min al-hasa. And do not belittle small sins because mountains are made of pebbles. It all accumulates and it gathers and gathers and gathers, kind of like a person who slides in a small little snicker bars here and a small little cookie with their chai there and half a spoon of sugar with their coffee here. And by the end of the day, you've crossed your 2,000 calorie benchmark from all the small cheating that happened through the day. Do not belittle the small. For mountains are made of hasa. They're made of pebbles. Taqwa in reality is the victory of the individual against their nafs. It's the result of constant practice. Your nafs is whispering to engage with shaitan, to listen to him, to give him one inch. It's okay. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to harm you. Just give him some, some leeway. Give him a piece of you. Let him enter into your life. This is not haram. It's okay to do it. But the moment you start listening to your nafs and you start giving in, shaitan is very quick from grabbing that finger to the wrist, to the elbow, to the arm. And before you know it, you're fully locked into his trap. Taqwa is the result of a daily mujahada, a daily sacrifice, a daily struggle, where you say no, no, no every day. And it starts from small eating habits to sleeping habits to the way you speak to your character to learning to smile in front of other people. Taqwa is a result of training your nafs to be beautified with good character every single day. When you see a person with good character, there are two types of people. There are those people who have good character in spite of a wretched heart. In reality, their good character is a front. It's a show. It's not real. And that, how you know this is because they're only able to offer that good character to certain individuals in certain scenarios. So while they're at work, they have amazing character. Or if someone's visiting them, they turn out to be a very generous, kind, hospitable individual. But when you change the environment and you change the people they're around, that good character goes out the window. Now they're very harsh and mean and raising their voice. I was once visiting a Muslim country and I, there's a person who was hosting me very kind, generous family. May Allah reward them for their generosity. I had a phenomenal time with them. They were so kind and hospitable. When it came time to eat, one of the individuals who was helping in their house was serving food. So I said to the person, no, there's an empty chair. Why don't you sit next to me? It's time to eat. Everyone's eating. You're eating there alone. Come sit here. So um, the individual sat next to me. The host of the house came in and saw this uh, individual sitting next to me and he went to the person and slapped him on the back of the head. Not a small tap. He, what did he do guys? Slapped him. 
And he said, Tumhari himmat kaisi hui yaan bhetne ki? How did you even build the courage to sit here? You're a servant, go eat in the servant's quarters. And I thought to myself, subhanallah, when bad character, when good character is actually built off of a corrupt heart, may Allah protect me for judging anyone, but sometimes the writing is on the wall. That when someone treats another person like this, it is clear that there are spiritual diseases embedded in that person's heart. You want to find out what good character is, go to Rasulullah how Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam treated the servants of Medina Munawwara. How he treated people that were actually slaves in Medina Munawwara. How Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam treated the poor, the rich, the children, the women, the adults, everyone. It was the same. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passes by Sayyiduna Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu an. And he's scolding one of his servants, really giving it to him. Umar, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Siddiq wala'an That on one hand you're a Siddiq And on the other hand you speak like this Nabi Sallallahu walked on Umar radiallahu an realized that what he did was wrong He immediately went to Nabi Sallallahu He apologized and then he freed that slave as well And Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu an used to say this And this is actually a common statement That he used to hold his tongue and said That you got me in a lot of trouble People usually assume that that statement is out of pure humbleness, and it was out of humbleness. If he says this, even though he's Siddiq, imagine us. But at the same time, there were many cases where Abu Bakr Siddiq said certain things, and it got him in trouble with Rasulullah And Nabi Sallallahu would say that, Abu Bakr, you're saying this? Without any doubt, he was still a very humble person. And if he is saying that my tongue got me in trouble, where are people like you and I? How much more control do we need to have? Taqwa is a result of that daily struggle. Taqwa is the result of a person waking up every day and refusing to give into their base temptations. Because if you don't have taqwa, if you don't have consciousness of Allah, all those diseases that we've spoken of so far will come rushing right into the heart. Arrogance, pride, you name it, it'll be there. Narcissism, it'll be right buried there. It's just a sitting sort of bomb, just waiting, a mind, just sitting there in the field, waiting for that door to open, and the moment someone steps on it, kaboom, it's going to explode. It will explode. Therefore, Rasulullah teaches us, as narrated by Abu Hurairah an, and narrated by Imam Muslim in his Sahih. Qala Rasulullah la tahasadu wa la tanajashu. وَلَا تَبَاغَضُوا وَلَا تَدَابَرُوا وَلَا يَبِعْ بَعْضُكُمْ عَلَىٰ بَيْعِ بَعْضٍ وَكُونُوا عِبَادَ اللَّهِ إِخْوَانَا الْمُسْلِمُ أَخُوا الْمُسْلِمُ لَا يَظْلِمُهُ وَلَا يَحْقِرُهُ وَلَا يَخْذُلُهُ Long narration. The summary of it is Nabi Sallallahu is telling people to be kind and loving to one another. Don't be mean, harsh. Don't have hatred amongst one another. Don't cheat one another. Don't undercut one another in the markets. You know, someone's about to buy something for five bucks and you come and say, I'll buy it for three. Now it might be halal as far as we're concerned, legally speaking, considering that the bid is open, if there's an open bid and you come and undercut people, it might be jais, but that person's never going to respect you again. Because that car was theirs at the auction and everyone knew that. And you just came last second and undercut them? What kind of person does that to another family member? Al-Muslim akhul muslim A Muslim is a brother of another Muslim. لا يحقره ولا يخذله ولا يظلمه He does not belittle him, does not disgrace him, does not oppress him. 
Now the next part, Rasulullah after highlighting all these diseases, don't turn your backs on one another, don't be jealous of one another, he gives a solution. At-taqwa ha-huna wa yushiru ila sadrihi. Nabi said, taqwa is where? He said, here. And he pointed at his chest. Thalatha marratin. He said this how many times? Three times. At-taqwa ha-huna, at-taqwa ha-huna, at-taqwa ha-huna. You want to be a better person? Learn to have taqwa. Walk on this path carefully. Taqwa is a combination of two things. Imtithar al-awamir wa nawahi That where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you to move forward and the thing that He commands you to do in the Qur'an, you need to place your foot right there. Wa nawahi And the places where all those traps are and all that harm is and Allah says, don't do it, don't put your foot there. Because the disease of sin will spread in you and your hearts and infect society at large. Rasulullah trains us in this. Where he says, That you are not superior to a red or a white, a, a, a black or a red, unless you exceed them in righteousness, in consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, Allah says in the Quran, the most honorable from you are those that have most consciousness. Taqwa is a result of going to the gym every day. I'm not talking about the gym where you lift weights, but the gym of the nafs. Where you warm up every day and you fight against your nafs. Your warm-up is through doing dhikr and doing istighfar and doing salawat on Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the actual sparring is you not giving in to your nafs. When the urge comes in to raise your voice, you lower it. When someone frustrates you, you are patient. You keep doing this again and again. And then what happens is you go from having small victories against your nafs, against your lower self, against shaitan, to these victories becoming regular and prolonged until you enter into a state of taqwa. Once you enter into this state of taqwa, and it becomes second nature, burnt into your psyche, your worldview changes instantly. Everything changes. It's like a person who's, le who's learning a sport or learning to cook. The first day you're told to hold the knife and cut the onions, it's so frustrating. And the second day it's frustrating. And for two months it's frustrating. But one year later when you figure out the technique, what happens guys? Your cooking game changes. It's second nature. So many skills have become second nature in our lives. Whether it's kicking a soccer ball, shooting a basketball, figuring out math formulas, reading books, analyzing, writing academic papers, performing procedures, fixing cars, whatever it is. These things have become second nature. What the Qur'an is inviting us through taqwa is to make the divine perspective your second nature. Do this and you will see the rewards in this world and also in the hereafter. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُمْ The people of taqwa, Allah always has an out for them. Allah always guides them. Because champions always get themselves through difficult moments. They're resilient. That's what makes a champion a champion. They're amazing at losing. People who are horrible at losing don't accomplish much. That's what mujahada is. 
And this is what taqwa represents. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the muttaqeen. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.